When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Bold, reverent, and occasionally random. The Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast starts now. Bunch of people reached out. I meant to mention this, Buck. Not very serious in the grand scheme of things. Really disappointed that you didn't see the Fred Savage movie from 1989. Oh, no, no. No, no, hold on. You do. I saw it. I just forgot. Where he's like the video game champ. He's playing Mario Brothers. No, no, I know that one. Super Mario 3, I think, was when they were officially releasing... That was like the advertisement for that. I was really disappointed. I was kind of stunned that you uh, you didn't immediately. Uh, I had for, I had forgotten film. it. I had forgotten film. it. I remember there was uh, yes. In, in retrospect, I mean, there are people who play video games for a living who have massive social media followings. Um, they they have like you know fa- lots of fans. You know this. There's there's a whole gamer oh, culture out there. Yes, these guys of, make tons of make money crazy of money them. and yes. are like famous in the gamer world. Uh, I didn't know this is really a thing my, until a couple of years ago. My kids watch people play video games all the time. Is, on Twitch? Is that where they, is that the, is the that where they do it? It's on Twitch, but also a lot of these guys have YouTube channels that are really popular too. You know, my boys play Minecraft, Madden, FIFA, uh, MLB The Show. Uh, I mean, all of the, uh, the Fortnite, all of these are wildly popular with my kids. And there are guys making seven-figure salaries just for instance, playing Fortnite, some guys I think making eight mil, uh, eight figure salaries. You know, ten million dollars a year to sit around and play video games. It's pretty awesome, really. Not a bad life. I would I mean, say it's not bad. It's tough when you say to your kids, "Hey, why don't you stop playing video games and go read a book instead?" You can't make a, you know, like when I was a kid. Do you remember this? Like your parents would be like, "You're not going to be able to play video games for a living," and it was like, you know what? They're true. Like we're going to have to find something else to do. Now the kids are like, Dad, there's tons of people who play video games for a living. And it's kind yeah. of like, as a parent, you step up and you're like, they, they, they're right. These guys, I, I, guys I had, a, ton uh, of money. a while ago, I had a lunch. Um, it was set up, uh, through, through, it's a long story, but I had a lunch with a guy who was the CEO of one of the really big uh, gaming companies that makes some of these games. And he told me, like, some of these franchises for these video games are billion-dollar franchises. Oh, no doubt. Billion with a B. 
Yeah. You know, as in, that's what they're bringing in, in in sales in a year for a video game. Yes. I, I was... And, it's amazing. What, what blows my mind too, Buck, is they've gotten the business now where you pay for different upgraded things in the game itself, right? Like uh, you're building, let's say, your Madden franchise. Well, you can get better quality players on your team based on the tokens that you get, both from playing and or buying. You want a new skin, they call it, right? Like a body that you're playing in if you're playing Fortnite. These these individual games become so popular that they're basically ATMs. They're constantly churning out cash and money. Not just, you know, back in the day, you used to pay $50 for a video game or whatever it was, and you owned it. And by the way, you'd have to get the video game cartridge on Blow on it. To Do get you it remember, to start. That? remember that? How is it that oh, yeah. Blowing on Nintendo cartridges worked. somehow worked? I never, it was the dust. I remember... Yeah. Like slipping the video game cartridges, anybody who's roughly within 10 years of our age will remember this, and you put it in, and you want to play like Double Dragon, or you yep. want to play Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, some of these great original Nintendo games, and it was like you had to touch it and like yep. close it perfectly, and it was a whole thing just to get the game to work. That's right, and and for some reason, for people out there who are around our age, if you grabbed the cartridge and literally where like the cartridge went in, you just went... <laughs> I don't know why it worked, but it did. And it may be the dust. I don't know what it did. But if you blew, like literally just like, you know, expelled the air on it, blew on a heart like you were blowing out a birthday cake uh, candle, it would somehow work. And and then you put it back in and it'd be like, good to go. What and, was your favorite original Nintendo game? Well, the original. Would original Nintendo. Mario, no Super, Super Nintendo. Super Mario Brothers. Super but Mario Brothers. The, uh, but Tecmo Bowl is the greatest, in my opinion, and then Tecmo Super Bowl, or Super Tecmo Bowl, depending on where you lived, are the two, in my opinion, greatest sports video games of all time. I loved both. And Super Tecmo Bowl is my favorite video game of all time on the 8-bit Nintendo. I may be a Double Dragon guy, to be honest with you. I, Original Double Dragon, Double Dragon. was great. Or Street Contra, Fighter. I love the fighting games. Mike Tyson, uh, RBI Baseball, uh, oh man, I loved all those games. And there was the uh, there was Blades of Steel where you were. It was a hockey game where you could fight a lot. I remember I, Blades of Steel. That was great. It was a great game. Yeah. See, there's was, the tremendous scene. Remember in Swingers, the movie back in the day, uh, where they're playing Blades of Steel, and uh, and you know you could make the guy bleed if you really beat him in the fight. Like it wasn't like very graphic, but it was like, oh, you really won that fight. The guy would like bleed a little bit on the ice. Uh, I also wanted to bring up. Of all the nightmare scenarios you have from an event, I've never. Have you've never been to Burning Man, right? You don't strike me as a Burning Man kind of guy. I've I, been. I've been to the one in Nashville, like outside really? of Nashville. What's it called? Like uh, I don't know. Uh, Bonnaroo. I've Cause, been to Bonnaroo because uh, Burning Man out in the desert, people got stuck in an eight-hour traffic jam to leave. Not hell for me is a traffic jam that's more than an hour, and I honestly start to lose my mind. Eight hours in a traffic jam, you can't move, you can't go anywhere. I, I might, I don't know, things would get ugly. There's probably a lot of illicit substances involved, and you probably don't feel that good leaving Burning Man. would be A lot of hangovers, in other words, and the eight-hour traffic to leave would be awful. They have helicopters that'll fly you in and out, I think I'd probably be a helicopter guy. No telling what that costs, but I would rather pay than sit in an eight-hour traffic jam. Definitely the way to go. Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck. Clay, there are... 
More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my from this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. There are some movies that are iconic. Uh, movies that you can get. You know, I just watched with Carrie, uh, my my wonderful and lovely fiance. We just watched because she had never seen The Hunt for Red October. Now, Alec Baldwin is having a rough time lately on a yes. lot of fronts, and rightfully so. But uh, that's a very good movie. I'm just going to say it's a very good movie, I think, for what it is. It's, it's a great the, book. It's a great Tom book. Clancy, it's one that Tom, I mean, Tom Clancy, break, you know, huge hit out of nowhere with that one. Um, and he, his research skills were so good that they were, the Pentagon ended up sitting down with him and saying, Hey, where are you getting all this classified stuff? He's like, I don't, I just, you know, read the the books that are out there and the things. Um, but, uh, Tom Clancy, amazing at what he did. Anyway, uh, Beverly Hills cop is a Sexton family favorite. I mean, there are some so movies good. I grew up with my brothers watching 
uh, Ghostbusters and Beverly Hills Cop for 80s cinema, along with the movie Predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger, which don't ask. I don't know. That just happened to make the list, too, are just movies that we watched so many times that the VHS tapes, VHS tapes basically fell apart on us. I mean, we just watch those movies all the time. You're telling me right now I'm worried about this because this could go this could go in a bad way. They're doing a new Beverly Hills Cop movie. Because if you saw the third Beverly Hills Cop movie, you felt like your childhood was ruined, basically. Yes. It it was so bad that you wanted to pretend it never existed. They should have done what they did with the uh, Bat, was it the Batgirl movie, where they just... Just burned it. Just burned it, basically. Beverly Hills Cop 3, which takes place in an amusement park, for those who don't know. Uh, I do do believe Bronson Pinchot... Made his appearance as Sarah. Oh, Balky from Perfect Strangers. Balky from Perfect Strangers, a great show from back in the day. What do we think about a remake of Beverly Hills Cop? I got to say, I'm mostly worried here. We've got a story that's going up at OutKick, which is how I became aware of this. Axel Foley, a.k.a. Eddie Murphy. The originally original Beverly Hills Cop came out in 1984. And then they made Beverly Hills Cop 2, which is really good, in 87. So then 94, because I did my research on this, 94 was the one that you referenced, Beverly Hills Cop 3 in the amusement park, which was not good. I'm cautiously optimistic on this one because uh, he is wearing the old school Detroit Lions jacket. And I thought the coming to America part two or whatever you return to America or whatever they called it on Netflix was actually not bad. Did you watch that? There was a Coming to America sequel? Yeah, you didn't know this? No. Yeah, it's on Netflix right now. I did not know that. It's not awful. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, they brought I'll back uh they brought back uh Prince uh what was his name? I can't even remember his name now, but uh I was gonna say Prince uh Coming Aladdin, to America is a fun movie. I like that's that's a, a phenomenal top, movie. That's a top five, maybe top three Eddie Murphy movie, I think. I think you can make Eddie that Murphy case. in the eighties had one of the greatest runs in the history of movies. I mean, if you, especially if you add Deliverance and Raw uh, for his, uh, not Deliverance, is it Deliverance? I can't even remember. Raw and the, the two stand-up specials. Um, if you add those in with his 1980s run, it was one of the greatest runs for a decade in the history. And so, yeah, they did a new Coming to America movie. I think it's up on Netflix. It came out like last fall, um, I think. And now they're doing a new one for Netflix for Beverly Hills Cop. Here's what I take from this. The, I shouldn't say unbelievable, but just the the enormous success of Top Gun Maverick is a reminder to people. And also, I would say uh, the Cobra Kai show, which I've seen several seasons of, which is excellent. Coming new season starts in September. If you do a remake that tries to be if you do a remake of a great classic that people of our generation in particular you know love right those are movies you know we grew up watching karate kid and and obviously beverly hills cop if you do a remake that tries to be faithful to the spirit and storyline at some level of the original it can be a massive success it's when you like reimagine the original as all of a sudden everybody is like a social justice warrior and, you know, you can't make any funny jokes anymore or whatever. Yeah. You ruin it, right? I mean, yes. you, you can just destroy it. So this could be, I suppose, it could be good. You know, the original Beverly Hills Cop was supposed to have Sylvester Stallone starring in it. And it was Which not is, a comedy. It would have been yeah. a totally different movie. And then they they rethought it and brought in Eddie Murphy to do the comedy. And 
it was one of the biggest grossing films of the 19... I mean, 1980 cinema is, is something that I, I celebrate. One of the biggest uh, movies of the 1980s is Beverly Hills Cop 1, which is still, to this day, a phenomenal movie start to finish. Great music, amazing performance by Eddie Murphy, one of the great comedic performances in a movie of all time. I, would I agree. It's amazing. Delirious. Deliverance would have been a totally different... Uh, <laughs> That's Deliverance totally, is a very different, piece a very of different cinema. movie. Although there is a little bit of an overlap, there's a squill like a pig moment. Uh, there's a lot of uh, very borderline jokes uh, about Bill Cosby and Mr. T, if I remember correctly, in Delirious. So, uh, but the 1980s era dominance of Eddie Murphy almost unrivaled by any actor for any one particular decade of all time. I mean, he was incredible in that decade, the 80s. Yeah, I mean, so so what is your top? My Eddie Murphy top three would be Beverly Hills Cop, then I go Trading Places, then Coming to America. I'd probably go Coming to America 1, Beverly Hills Cop 2, Trading Places 3. You put Coming to America ahead of Beverly Hills Cop? I think Coming to America is I, an absolute masterpiece. Clay, we, we got to talk. I don't Coming know. to America <laughs> no, is so, no, it's it's incredible. I mean, it's a good it really movie, is. but I mean, ahead of Beverly Hills, Beverly Hills Cop is iconic. Anyway, the royal penis right. is clean. One of the greatest lines of all time. As um, he is uh, Zamundo. I can't even remember the name of the, uh, the African kingdom that he was supposedly the king of. Goes to Queens to find his uh, wife. Sunday Drop with Clay and Buck. I am flabbergasted. Why don't you tell everybody, we were just talking best ever Eddie Murphy movie yesterday. I thought this was a slam dunk. Apparently not. So we eliminated eliminated Delirious and Raw as stand-up performances. We got deluged by people who said, no, 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 make sure you include 48 Hours, the Nick Nolte, Eddie Murphy movie back in the 80s. But the reason why this came up is they're making a sequel to Beverly Hills Cop and Axel Foley, the Detroit uh, area cop who had the old school Lions jacket on, which was so fantastic. Lions have won one playoff. I'm sorry for people out there (laughs) who are Lions fans, but the Detroit Lions have won one playoff game since the 1950s. Are are they the worst NFL franchise? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think so. I mean, it's almost impossible to be as bad as the Lions have been for effectively 70 years uh, to win one playoff game. Sorry for Lions fans out there who are like, man, it's September, excited for the start of the year, and then Clay, you're off the top rope just wiping us out here. That wasn't planned. But what was planned was a battle royale to see what you guys thought was the best Eddie Murphy movie. And so well over 10,000 of you voted in this, popped it up yesterday, uh, and Buck has just been really shook by the results. So I gave you four options. I said, uh, okay, we got 48 hours. We got trading places. We got uh, uh, Beverly Hills Cop and also Coming to America. And the final results are basically 28%, 28% trading places. A lot of people love trading places. This is a really fun it's my movie. number two. I love trading places. Yeah. Tied at 28%. 48 hours got 9% of the vote. Yeah, that sounds about right. But the masses agreed with me, Buck. Coming to America is the best 1980s Eddie Murphy movie I mean, with 35% of the vote. I think this may be like a Clay Travis thing because if you look at the box office receipts, 
uh, Beverly Hills Cop blew coming to America out of the water. Not even. I Pull up those numbers. Someone pull I up those numbers. I think that coming to America has a longer tail to it, meaning that people have watched it longer. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop may have been more initially popular, but I think the coming to America crowd. Now, I will say, because they were, you didn't even know this, they made a coming to America too on uh, right. on. So Netflix. there's a little more nostalgia attached. That's to right. It now so people maybe maybe when Beverly Hills Cop comes out again on Netflix, there may be more of a nostalgia factor in favor of Beverly Hills Cop. We did. Sundays with Clay and Buck. Did you know that it is National Mac and Cheese Day today? It was National French Fry Day yesterday. It is National Mac and Cheese Day today. Now, I grew up, I think the food that I was the most obsessed with as a kid, did you, are, weren't you, were you a big PB&J guy? Oh, yeah. Because I was a Kraft macaroni and cheese connoisseur, man. I ate that stuff like like it was the the last my last day on earth every day with that craft mac and cheese obviously now i can only eat the gluten-free stuff amy's makes a very good macaroni and cheese that's frozen that i do eat so that's that's gluten-free so i have to give them credit for that um i did want i wanted to ask you your, your if you have a mac and cheese either recommendation or a favorite brand and then we also have yesterday's french fry controversy we got some updates on that one uh it's funny you mentioned this. So I took the boys to go see Thor a couple of days ago. Was it good? It, uh, it was okay. I mean, I, I don't think either of the Mar- all of the kids want to go see the Marvel movies. So the two big ones that have come out this summer are the Doctor Strange movie, which I, I didn't really think was that great. Is also my kids are young. It was closer. It felt like to me to an R-rated horror movie than it was like a PG kids movie. Just in my opinion, it was PG thirteen. But I was like, man, this is kind of uh, scary for my seven-year-old. Uh, my kid, we went. Oh, my eleven-year-old ordered in the restaurant, Buck, a mac and cheese with a side of mac and cheese. So he ordered as <laughs> he ordered as his meal from the kids' menu. This is like mac a pro and tip, cheese. man. This is serious oh, level mac that, and cheese love. That is mac and cheese love from the boys in the Travis household. He ordered the mac and cheese meal. And then as his side item, he also selected mac and cheese. And I always say as a parent, one of the things that happens to you, and hopefully you'll get to experience this in the years ahead, you realize food that you stopped eating is so good. And you were like, why did I ever stop eating this? So I loved peanut butter and jelly when I was a kid. And then I just kind of stopped eating it. And then my kids started eating it again, and I would they wouldn't finish. And one of your dad jobs is like you're the garbage man for food, so you just grab up whatever they haven't eaten. And I, have, I remember having a PB&J several years ago with my – and I was, why did I ever stop eating this? Grilled cheese sandwiches and mac and cheese are on my all-time trio of foods that you loved as a kid that you stop eating at some point as an adult. And when you have kids, you come back to them. Really sugary cereal – is another one that's on that list, whatever it might be. Cinnamon Toast Crunch, for instance. Why did I ever stop eating Cinnamon Toast Crunch? And then on the French fry issue, I oh, want to yeah, be very clear. Up over this. We, got some, we got some French fry blowback here, folks. And, you know, we got <laughs> We got to clear the air. We got to clear the record. I, I said I, I like Shake Shack uh, for burgers and fries, and we actually order Shake Shack here in New York uh, as kind of a weekly tradition in the New York studio in-N-Out burgers are amazing. I said that. The burgers are phenomenal. The meat quality is super high. I really liked it. I have had some not peak fry experiences, though, with In-N-Out, 
We had someone write in, because they're a Clay and Buck VIP subscriber. Clay, yes. uh, the Clay Travis and Buck Saxon show. Go to ClayandBuck.com. Become a VIP subscriber, please. So he wrote in, so I'm a former crew member at In-N-Out. They haven't changed their menu since 1947 in Baldwin Park, California. They make their fries fresh from potatoes every day. They peel, soak in water, cut them before they're cooked and served. All you have to do is ask for them crispy or golden brown. So I'm getting called out here because I do love hand, the hand cut. You got to make the hand cut fries. Okay, so that's quality. I like that. But should you have to specify that you want your French fries crispy? Like, don't you always want crispy French fries? Do you ever say, I want mushy pasta? No. I wouldn't want to be you walking into In-N-Out Burger next time. Just saying, that's Buck Sexton, not Clay Travis going after the In-N-Out fries. Wendy's fries, wildly underrated. People People wrote in, yes, Clay's right about his Wendy's fries, too. Just so, so, you know, ooh, everyone agrees with Clay on the French fries. I don't know that I've gotten ripped more for a take from some of these fry people than my Wendy's. Uh, oh, really? Wendy's I fry. saw oh. I saw positive. I thought people were saying they. I only saw the ones that came in and said you're right about Wendy's fries. Do we have Wendy's fry haters in the audience? Oh, they, I would. There were some savage comments. They, they can't even trust me anymore I mean, about anything over my T- fry. Team opinion. McDonald's is definitely unhappy with you right now. Very strong. A lot of Chick Fil A anger. A lot of fry heated takes. Sunday Sizzle with Clay and Buck. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, is that that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. 
have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. And then there is this, Clay. Um, I was not expecting to talk about this on the show, but it turns out that Congress is going to hold their first open hearing on UFOs in 50 years. Two Pentagon officials are going to be testifying at that hearing next week. There have been in recent years more and more people who have been coming forward to say, look, I don't want to sound crazy, all right? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say there's, you know, little greed men about to uh, overthrow the governments of, of countries all over the world, et cetera. But there is some weird stuff that at least deserves some explanation here. This is funny. I have no idea where you, you know, are, are you Scully or Mulder? You know, where do you fall on the, that's a, for those, of course, that's a, a reference to the X-Files. Uh, which I didn't see that much of. I saw some of. Are you a believer or a skeptic when it comes to UFOs, Clay? I'm a believer. I just, I, I, I think every generation thinks that they know everything. Doesn't matter what the subject is. If you went back and read in the 1700s, people are like, this era is the most brilliant ever. And it's always true because you're advancing in terms of the knowledge of society as a whole. So, I think that there's tons of things we don't know about the larger universe. And I believe that there are there is likely intelligent life somewhere else in the cosmos. And so I believe in, in UFOs. I think that, it, that not only does intelligent life exist, I think that they probably visited our planet at some point in time. What about you? The best... I'm a little more skeptical. A little more skeptical. I don't know. I'm, I'm not buying it. I feel like, first of all, it's always... Why is it always so shady? Like, shouldn't at some point, shouldn't we just have found some flying saucer somewhere? I think they're like, probably so way hard? smarter than us. You think they're way smarter than us? I mean, they're way smarter than I mean, Biden. if they're coming to our planet, then we can't figure out how to get to their planet or their location, wherever it might be. So, yeah, I, I believe in alien life somewhere in the cosmos, and I think it's visited here. The greatest alien visits Earth movie is, I guess there's probably an obvious answer, but we haven't really... You know, there's, there's oh, one. this is a good question. You know, I, there's a recent one that I can't even remember. I think it had like Jodie Foster. Yeah, in it. that's I t- is a contact. I think it's called. Is that right? I think it's. Contact. I think that might be it. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, um, I would. Th- I would have thought you would have gone ET, given you got. Uh, the, oh the well, I haven't watched ET with the boys. I haven't seen ET in probably. You haven't watched ET with the years. kids? No, because you it's a sad ending. See, this is where Uncle Buck comes through big. Ordering, no, it's too ordering sad. unhealthy, delicious no, food for the kids. You're saying that because you don't have to worry about the tears. I don't want to watch super sad movies. Like E.T. has got a pretty sad yeah. component. You know what? You know which. Speaking of UFOs, stuff. You know what? What really, what really busted me up back in the day? I don't know if you saw this one. 
This is about Sasquatch, obviously, uh, or the, the Squatch to those who I believe who are who are believers. Uh, Harry and the Hendersons. Oh, that was a tough one. That one was rough. That was you, like old Yeller for me at the end, man. I was I was busted Yeller. up by Harry and the Hendersons. Like he was a nice Sasquatch. He was a good Sasquatch. Do you know what book broke me? Uh, back when I was a young kid, did you ever read Where the Red Fern Grows? I kind of vaguely remember it, but not really well. There were two dogs, uh, uh, hunting dogs, and it's even worse than Old Yeller. Uh, and I know there's people out there right now who are like, oh, thanks for bringing up Where the Red Fern Goes. I just remember being utterly crushed, spoiler alert, by what happens at the end of Where the Red Fern Grows. So I don't even know that I would let my kids read that book. It's like Old Yeller, except twice as bad. Yeah, so there's there's some very good. There was a period, I think, in like mid late '90s, UFOs became a particular uh, fixation, right? It became something. There was that movie Fire in the Sky, which was about alien. Remember that was was the the abduction, right? Yeah, the premise for a while was the alien abduction thing. Yes, where they'd grab some guy, and of course, afterwards he'd run into the town. He'd be having flashbacks. He's like, "I swear, the aliens all grab me," and everyone's like, "You're crazy." And then, yeah, right. You know that that was a thing for a while. Um, but you know, the UFO hearing, I've, I've seen some stuff on this that does require, there've been some, you know, little lights flicking, flickering around the screen. And, you know, there's been some stuff that people in the military have seen and have, they can't explain and they can't explain. So I'm, I'm all in favor of like, let's keep it real. Let's keep it rational. Right. But if they can't explain it, well, then we should at least be open to the possibility that there are explanations that we either have not considered thoroughly enough or that we generally dismiss out of hand because we don't want to deal with the possible reality. I Look, this is the first hearing since, what, like 1968? I think Gerald Ford, when he was still a congressman, was the last person to hold hearings in uh, Congress on UFOs. And by the way, this was how crazy 2020 was. They had a story, like in the New York Times, where they're like, hey, we think UFOs are real. And it was buried on like the 18th page because there was so much chaos going on. People didn't even really care that much about the fact that UFOs might be real. I feel like people also play little games with this. I'm I'm sure, by the way, I remember once I made some passing reference to uh, Wiccans and and witches years ago on radio. And members of the Wiccan community reached out and they're like, we know you were just kidding. But we're out here. We're real, and we actually have you know thoughts, feelings, hopes, desires. Like they actually, I'm not. I'm just trying to say, I'm not trying to offend the UFO community here. But I do think, which right now this is going to be bad. But I think we need to separate out unidentified flying object from uh, intelligent other being. You know what I'm saying? Like, may there may be some physiological explanation for why this little thing is flying around that's not green spacemen and flying saucers kind of right so just a ufo is a very broad term that's all i'm saying the ufo community yeah, well, the is government, come after and by the, one, way, by the way i don't i don't even know that we can trust the government on anything they're claiming that they don't have the technology to replicate what these ufos are are doing while there are fighter pilots out there in the air flying around and seeing these so they are claiming that this is uh this is an, uh, impossible for them to otherwise replicate uh, the arrival, by the way, is I think what I might have been talking about. I the recent movie. I'm wrong. It's not contact. Contact. Was contact was one, but it's not oh, that recent. Yeah. I think that's like 20 years old. I think the arrival is about where there's just a spaceship that shows up, and they're trying to give us a message, and we have to figure out what that message is. It's really well done. 
Uh, yeah. And Jodie Foster may not be in that one. I can't remember who was I, in I tried it. to watch The the Martian. I fell asleep. I got to tell you. I don't, not Matt I haven't Damon's watched that best. one yet. Not Matt Damon's best. He wasn't sending us his best on that one. But some of these other ones, I'm telling you. The X-Files, it's a good watch from back. The original X-Files, a good watch from back in the day. No, it's fantastic. There. And the movies were good, too, that they made. Uh, that was... Um, the uh, yeah. Fox Mulder and 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 the the, the girl Jillian Andrews or one whatever day, man she was hot. One day I'll tell the story of years ago when I was making fun of some aspects of a Sasquatch movie, and it turned out that one of the actors who starred in the movie was listening to my show <laughs> and called in and called in. That was oh that's phenomenal. So, yeah, that Sasquatch is fantastic. movie. That was a pretty good one actually. Uh, I can't remember what it was called, but Primal Fear, I think something like that. Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck. Play of all the rejoin music that we have on this show, because you know, I'm going to I'm going to see uh, Dave Matthews with some friends tonight. Of all the rejoin music we have on the show, what is your favorite one? You know, we have these little these quick uh, snippets yeah. we come back to. Um, that's a great question. I, I I think it's probably anything. I hate to pick one. I like a lot of the '90s era music. Uh, and a lot of times we go with 80s era music, which I'm not as big of a fan of. Um, so uh, I think we've got some Red Hot Chili Peppers we come back. I like that. Here's the real question for you, Bob. Wait a minute. Can I, just, I, I, go, I go Tears for Fears. I actually go for the 80s. Oh, you uh, like that more? I like the Tears for Fears. What, come, uh, yeah, that's my favorite. What Dave Matthews song are you most likely to sing along with at tonight's concert in New York City? I mean, all of them. I celebrate <laughs> Dave's entire catalog, obviously. We grew up We grew up with Dave Matthews, man. That I know. I know. I've been to Dave concerts before, too. But I feel like Crash is probably the song that's going to get you the most. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm just trying to think about which one you're most enthusiastically a, going to sing along if you, with. If you're a sensitive soul, you could also do satellite. You know, yeah, there's, satellite. There's, I mean, there you go. I'm just I'm trying to picture you inside of Madison Square Garden when the music is going to move you the most. Oh, it's like when be very, you're going. Very I think it's crash. I think it's hard to not to go along with. I think you're going to reach your highest crescendo of sing along during crash. Would be my That's very possible. I, I will say that under the table and dreaming was one of the first CDs that I ever bought. I remember that. I had my boom box. Remember we all had boom boxes. Oh. I had oh, a yeah. CD player boom box. And I was listening to Under the Table and Dreaming a lot. I actually had some the Red walk- Hot Chili Peppers I bought, too, back in the day. The Walkman has come back in popularity. Have you noticed? Like, ever, my kids are upset. They, they think the 1980s is the greatest generation of all time because I watch the 80s movies with them, which is one of the great things about being a parent. 80s movies are amazing. Oh, so good. The Back to the Future, the Goonies, uh, the Indiana Jones movies, they're all so incredible that it's interesting to see their friends. They're all... It, they're all like very much like some of the clothes that they wear. They're they're all in on the '80s because mom and dad watch the movies with them, and they're like the '80s is the greatest generation in American history in their mind. Ghostbusters, the Ghostbusters, Club, we, so we good. Go, we go on on all the time. There are a lot of movies made in the last five or ten years that nobody's going to remember in five or ten years, but. Back in the 80s and the 90s, there's some great stuff. Buck, I can't wait to see a video of you singing along to Crash inside of the Saturday. Dave Matthews Band concert oh, as yeah, loud as you can. It's going to be great, man. All, there's, a, there's some Dave Matthews listeners in this audience. There's some out I've there. I've been. I like Dave's, them. Yeah, of course. Dave's Dave's politics, not my thing. But, you know, plays those groovy tunes, man. I'm going to hear some saxophone. What happened to the saxophone? In the 90s, everyone loved the saxophone. Now True. you never hear it anywhere anymore. Bill Clinton was a saxophone player. Well, Remember that? On Arsenio? Me, 
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. 